story was told of about of this fire that broke out in this uh, high-rise apartment building. And as this fire broke out, as people were evacuating the building, uh, they noticed that up on one of the high floors was a young child crying for help to come rescue me, save me, save me. And so as the firemen arrived, they put the ladder up to the window where he was at. And of course, this was a steep climb for this fireman to get where he needed to go. And as they began, as the fireman began to make his way up there, of course, you know, there's a lot of things that's going through that fireman's mind in the, the moments of action that are to come. Am I going to make it? He's looking down. Oh, my goodness. This is very high up in the sky and all the things. And the crowd began to notice that he was faltering a little bit, that he wasn't quite going at the speed that he was and he was losing stamina. And so somebody piped up from the crowd, cheer him on, cheer him on. And so all the people down below, they began to go, come on, you can do it. You can make it. Come on, come on. And they began to applaud him. And this fireman, he just hurried up the ladder, went up to that window, grabbed that child and brought him back down and rescued that child. And, you know, the story could have been different if that crowd wasn't there to cheer him on. And to applaud him and to keep him going, encourage him and strengthen him and to give him the praise that he needed to keep going. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the language of love, the language of love. And the language of love is this, as we're going to see, is praise, is praise. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And it's the day that we remember the Holy Spirit came down upon the church in Acts chapter 2 on the Jewish festival of Shabbat, the Feast of the Trumpets, or the Feast of Weeks, rather. And the seven weeks that was memorized between the exodus from Egypt and God's revelation of giving the Ten Commandments. It was the, the festival that was the giving of the law, and it was the day that the Holy Spirit came, and it was the giving of the Spirit. And what a wonderful symbolic message there is in that, that festival of the Holy Spirit coming on the festival of weeks. Because here was the festival, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, you can read it sometime, that all were gathered there, God-fearing Jews. And they were gathered there for this festival. And they were there to celebrate the giving of the law. And if you remember, on the day of the giving of the law, when Moses was there, the Bible says, a great thunder and lightning like a thick cloud over the mountain. And the power of God was all over that mountain. And there was the giving of a voice from heaven. And Moses began to record the words of God. And this picture was a picture very symbolic of what was happening in Acts chapter 2 as the Holy Spirit came down, like the Bible says, like a rushing mighty wind, and they be all began to declare the wonders of God and the languages of the people gathered. And what a mighty significance it was to the God-fearing Jews there that this could have been a remembrance, a reminder that on the day of the giving of the law, now God was giving His Spirit to be with the people of God. And now the, the Bible, the, the scroll, the giving of the law was inscribed on this heart. What an incredible thing that was. But one of the things that I love about that story is that the Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, that all the people that were gathered there, they began to hear the wonders of God in their own language. Isn't that amazing? 
All those people there, here were these apostles, these disciples, and they didn't speak none of those languages. And here they were declaring the wonders of God in their own language. And so this morning, kind of with that thought in mind of Pentecost Sunday and the power of praise that was at work through those apostles, we're going to read today in Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 9. You know, John records this vision of the things that he saw here in heaven, and oh my goodness, the things that he saw, the things that we are trying to understand. Uh, I believe the Bible study has been completing a study in Revelation, and it's amazing that even a study just barely scratches the surface of the things that were happening here. But nonetheless, we get a picture of what was going on in heaven. In Revelation 5 and 9, this says, They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slaughtered, and by your blood and ransom for God, saints from every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. And then I looked, and watch what the Bible says here. I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. I like that the Bible says he looked, but then he heard. He looked, but then he heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne. The living creatures and the elders, they numbered, watch this, myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands singing with a full voice, worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. Notice this, everywhere people are singing the praises of God, all the creatures, to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. The language of love is praise. The language of love is praise. And this is what we see here in Revelation chapter 5, is that there was this extraordinary praise that flowed from all of the living creatures, from the angels, the elders, and all that were gathered right there at the throne. There was extraordinary praise that went out of their lips unto the throne of God and to the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And what's amazing to me here is that praise... Is, an, is, a, is really the prelude to worship. Praise was the beginnings of what God was beginning to do in their midst. Praise means this, to glorify, especially by the attribution of a perfections. And this was what those, those people did in that crowd as the firemen went up the ladder. They began to praise him because he was doing something good. They were beginning to applaud him and encourage him and acknowledge that you deserve the praise. You deserve the attention right now that is happening in, this, in that, that situation. And you know, praise is something that we don't talk a lot about necessarily, but praise is a language that you and I are intended to be a part of every day of our lives that is supposed to flow from our lips onto the throne of God. And it's an action that starts here on earth and will go on for all of eternity. 
That's an incredible thought to think about, is that you and I, for all of eternity, will be praising the Lord, will be praising God. And you'll note here that praising God in the, this picture of Revelation, which is just a, uh, it's, a it's an image, if you will. It's, it's of course, is not going to give us an in-depth understanding of praise, but it's a picture of praise. And we can learn some things about praise from this picture. But it's an image that the praise that they were giving, there is no mundaneness to this. There is no dryness. There is no insincerity about this. Listen, you're not, you and I are not going to stand in the presence of God Almighty and offer insincere praise. No, it's going to be from our heart. It's going to honor the Lord. And there was this extraordinary praise as they began to sing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered. Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered. God delights in our praise because praise it, because it is the language of love to God. God delights in praise because it is the language of love to God. And I want to show you through this text here today how that is so. And how we can learn that from this text here this morning. The first thing you're going to see here is that praise prioritizes God. Praise prioritizes God. When they were all gathered there at the throne, when all the elders and all the living creatures were gathered here, and really you can go and read Revelation 5, 6, 7 onward, and you'll see that all the focus was on the throne. That there was no other focus but the throne. Their praise was going to the throne, to God Almighty and the one who was seated at the right hand of the throne, to Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slaughtered. The amazing thing is, is that when they saw Jesus, they saw him as a lamb that had been slaughtered. And they praised him for that action. They praised him for he had given his life as a ransom for many. And this is kind of an important thing to think about that maybe you haven't considered before. Is that even on earth, of course we are grateful that Jesus died. He went to a cross and he's our savior. But even for all of eternity, you and I are going to be praising Jesus as the lamb that was slaughtered. Because he made way for us to be in his presence forevermore. The Bible, or, or D.L. Moody says this way. It says that an unthankful saint carries a contradiction with it. Think about that for a minute. An unthankful saint carries a contradiction with it. And an evil and unthankful are twins that live and die together. As anyone ceases to be evil, he begins to be thankful. That's such a deep statement that he talks about. But isn't it true that when you and I live with praise to God, when we live with thankfulness to God, it causes our hearts to be in the right posture to God. And the moment that our hearts wander away from thankfulness, the moment our hearts wander away from praising and acknowledging the attributes of God, it is the doorway to things to get into our heart, evil actions, evil thoughts and motives to play, take seat in our heart but when praise and thankfulness is seated in our heart and is lifting up to the throne of God it is prioritizing God in our lives praise prioritizes God praise keeps God first as Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 seek first the kingdom of God how do you seek first you praise the Lord the Bible is actually full more full about words of praise than prayer did you know that 
There's a whole book recorded of songs of psalms of praise, psalms of prayer. But more than all of that is words of praise. The story was told of a, a gentleman who came into a service one day, uh, much like me, he had a cut on his finger. And he walked into the service and they, uh, in, in kind of a spiteful way, they asked him, they said, uh, wow, it looks like you got your finger cut. And he watched this gentleman, he said back to all the people that were there questioning him, he said, yeah, but praise the Lord, I didn't cut my finger off. It's the heart that's right. There could have been a reason to complain. There could have been a reason to, to cry about it and whine about it. But his heart was prioritizing God that even though things could have gone wrong, even though things could have been bad, and even though they were bad, his heart had prioritized God that even in difficult circumstances, God still deserves our praise. You'll note that if you read the, the Old Testament, that praise was a language that wasn't dependent on circumstances. That praise was a language that was dependent because God is God and God is good and it's who God is. And they just praise God because he's God. It prioritized God. When Solomon came and dedicated the temple and Solomon began to pray at the dedication of the temple, the Bible says that as they began to praise their Lord, your steadfast love endures forever. He is good. It was when they began to praise that God's glory began to fill the house. You and I oftentimes live in this heart of asking, 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 and all the time, and the Bible instructs us to do so. But even also in all of that is that we present our, our requests to God with thankfulness in our hearts, with praise to God. That's why when we worship here in these services, when we gather, the choir sings, they lift up their voices we sing songs, we read the lyrics off of the screen. These songs, they're powerful and they're mighty, but there are moments when we stop and we don't read any lyrics off the screen. We don't sing any song. And from out of our heart just comes the rawness and the true depth of our soul to God that says, Jesus, it has been a terrible week, but praise the Lord. God, you are still worthy. No matter how I feel today, you're still worthy. And there's something about that type of praise that's special to God because it prioritizes God. You don't even need a lyric to help you. It just flows from your heart to God because he is God and he's first in your life. Praise prioritizes God. The second thing is this I want to show you here is that as they were gathered around the throne, watch that they began to sing. They, they, it says with a full voice, they said, worthy is the lamb, worthy. And then the Bible goes on and says that the elders fell down and worshiped. The elders fell down and worshiped. You know, when someone falls down at somebody's feet, it's not for a show. It's not for a spectacle. It's to acknowledge that I'm in the presence of greatness. It's an expression of surrender of love. And this is what it was the scene in heaven that only you and I can just read the words and try to imagine in our mind. But what a mighty scene this must have been. And think about this for a moment. You're John and you're just kind of watching all of this happen. And you see angels flying around the throne of God. And you look and you see as far as you can see out from the coast of Virginia Beach, as many people as your eyes can behold and just seeing people. And then all that you see, you hear them. 
You hear their voices praising God. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to receive honor and glory. And then you see these creatures that you've never seen in your life, but they're majestic and glorious in all of their splendor and the way they look and all that is about them. And they're praising the Lord. And then you look and you see that all the creation is joining in with that sound, praising the Lord. And there is this affection of love that is being focused to the throne. Listen, when you and I pray, It is not to just say words. It is an expression of love from our heart to God's heart. That's why praise is the language of love in the believer. Because it is an expression of love from our heart to God's heart. This is what Jesus taught us, right? Love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And sometimes it's difficult to express that love to the Lord. Sometimes there is no words to adequately sum up that type of love that you and I have to Jesus and his work on the cross for for you and I. But the praise is the type of language that acknowledges that even if I don't have the words, I can lift up my hands. I can give you all that I have and acknowledge that you are good. Even in my limited language of now, I can praise you because you are worthy of the praise. Listen. I've been reading a couple quotes from D.L. Moody. Here's another one for you in line with this. He says this, that every good gift that we have had from the cradle has come up from God. And if we stopped to think about what we have to praise God for, we will find that there is enough to keep us singing praises for a week and weeks and weeks. Isn't that true? The Bible says when those believers were, or when the people were gathered there in in Revelation 5 and 9, it says that they sing a new song. They sing a new song. And perhaps that song could have been because they realized even more fully with their eyes the work of Jesus and beheld him before him that there was nothing but to say but a song of love to God, an expression of praise to God, an expression that just comes and sings the glory and wonders of God. It's been said that many times you and I, we have great prayer meetings and we have wonderful prayer meetings, but every now and then it wouldn't hurt to have a praise meeting occasionally because we have so much to be grateful for. And you and I, we ask so much, but hasn't God already done so much for us? Hasn't he already given his life for us, laid his life down on a cross and died for us? And we have so much to praise him for. Praise is an expression of love to God. And it's just like when you and I would praise our children or we praise a family member for something they've done. It's a way of saying, I love you. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate you. And when you and I, we gather in times of worship, in times of prayer, praise is that way of saying, Lord, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I treasure you. I need you more than anything before. And that honors God. He's pleased with that. Praise is an expression of love. And thirdly, you see this, is that praise is an eternal sound. Praise is an eternal sound. The Bible shows us here clearly that this is an image that is happening in Revelation chapter 5, that this is an image of a picture of heaven and the activity of heaven. The culmination of our lives, the pilgrims that we are in this world, and we're trying to press through and make it through to this place, that the culmination of our activity on earth and the lives that we live is praising God. There is a lot of things that you and I could have been doing in heaven, 
But God saw fit that the thing that you and I would be doing is praising God. Because God is good. And when you and I, praise, praising God in heaven must be a wonderful thing because apparently thousands upon thousands and myriads of myriads and all the creatures are praising God. Not just praise you, Jesus, thank you. No, with a full voice, they're opening up their hearts to the Lord, singing to God his praises day and night, all the time, praising God. And this isn't the only time this is recorded. Isaiah records it. Others record it. Ezekiel records it. When they see this vision of the throne, inherently with that vision comes praise to God. There must be something inherently good about the image of God and the picture of heaven that evokes praise. Praise deep from within the soul of you and I. For you and I, we were made for his glory. We were made for his worship. We were made to, so that he could take delight in us and you and I could take delight in him. And isn't that a wonderful thing? That praise is going to be the sound that you and I hear for all of eternity. And it's not the type of thing where you and I are going to want to pick up our phone and we got our headphones in and we say, go to the next track. I'm tired of this song. No, it's going to be the thing because it's an expression of love. It's all that we're going to want to do. It's just going to want to flow out of us because we love God and because God is the centerpiece of heaven. Praise is an eternal sound. And fourthly, it's this. Praise is freely given. You and I know this about God, that God is a, a gentleman. He doesn't demand anything of us. He invites us. He asks us. But he's not going to force us to do anything. And God is not going to force us into an eternal picture like this that we see in Revelation to just praise him against our will. That's not going to be what God is going to do. That's not our God. God isn't forcing us to do something against our will. Not at all. But you'll notice that they began to praise God. They said, worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and honor and glory and blessing. They began to praise God for who he was and who he is. Listen, this is the thing I want to tell you about this is that praise is freely given. Praise is freely given. Sometimes I've noticed that sometimes in Christian circles, there's this idea that if I praise God the right way or if I do this kind of thing, praise, and maybe God will hear my prayer better. And it's all kind of like circumstantial. If I'll do this, maybe God will do this. But listen, that's not praise. That's asking for a favor in return for something you're doing. Praise is freely given. Praise says, God, I will worship you regardless of what comes back to me. Praise says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise says, his praise will be continually on my lips. Not because of what I know he's going to give me back in return. Not because I expect anything back in return. Because God is good alone. That in the picture of heaven, may you and I never forget that the centerpiece of heavenly worship is the slaughtered lamb. 
It's as if God wants us to show us that may we never forget that he laid down his life for us. And if he never did anything else for us, that was enough. The slaughtered lamb. He gave up his only son to show us how much he loved us. And so therefore, all of eternity, you and I are going to be freely giving praise to God for the gift that he gave us, his only son. And creation's ultimate activity is praise for the greatest sacrifice of all time. And Jesus' sacrifice is always praised because his sacrifice paved the way to eternity and is the culmination of our eternal purpose. Listen, we were made for worship. Evil came in and destroyed that purpose in the garden. And now God brought us back into that purpose once again to praise God forevermore. And with all of our heart, we say, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. It's a love. It's a language of love. It's an expression. The psalmist says it this way. As the musicians come, the psalmist says it this way. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, that's a verse. We love to quote that verse. We love to say that verse. But the truth is, isn't that the way praises ought to be? Is that it's our breath. It's the very life that we breathe in and we breathe out. It should be praise to God. It should always glorify God. Like whether it's like we talked about last week, it's what's in our words that we're saying. It's the language of expression of love. It's praising God forevermore. It's honoring God because he is good forevermore. It's honoring God because he is faithful. And so the psalmist says it this way. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary and praise him in his mighty firmament. He says, praise him for his mighty deeds and praise him according to his surpassing greatness. If you and I ever find ourselves for some odd reason, lacking a reason to praise God, the psalmist gives us two reasons right here. Praise him for his mighty deeds and praise him because he's great, because he's good, because he's loving and kind towards us. And he goes on to say, praise him with the trumpet sound, praise him with the flute and the harp, praise him with the tambourine and dance, Praise Him with strings and pipes. Praise Him with clanging cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And isn't it good when God's people praise the Lord? Isn't that a gathering you want to be a part of? Listen, I've been a part of a lot of gatherings, but there's something about when a gathering is marked, when it's fixated on Jesus and praising Jesus, that there is something about that gathering that is significant because that group of people has learned that God is great no matter what. God is wonderful no matter what, and I will express my love to Him even in difficult times. Will you stand with me this morning? On the day of Pentecost, oh, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And you know what the Holy Spirit did? He filled those apostles and those disciples and those believers, believers gathered together that out of their mouths came the wonders and the mighty acts of God. And isn't it an incredible thought to think that God sent His Spirit to fill us so that we might praise Him? so that we might declare his wonders in all of the earth. 
And the Bible says that through their very words of just declaring how good God is and his mighty acts and wonders, only those people gathered there that day know what was said. But through those acts, through praising the Lord, the Bible says on that day, 3,000 souls were added to the church because they stood up and the Holy Spirit filled them and they began to declare the wonders of God. And that should say something about our gatherings. When you and I give ourselves to praise the Lord, it is the language of love that leads people to the cross, that leads people to Jesus, that leads people to say, oh my goodness, if all of these people love God, then maybe I need to love God too. Maybe I need to turn my life around and live for Jesus. Listen, I hope today if anything you, you learn from this is that you and I, we're not called to just come in and out of a Sunday service. We're called to live our lives for praising the Lord that our very breath is to praise Jesus and isn't it interesting that God gives us his spirit his breath his wind so that out of our breath might come his praise his glory and his wonders in all of the earth and every believer here today on this Pentecost Sunday oh how God wants to fill us so that we might declare the wonders and goodness of God in the earth isn't that what our world needs they don't need to hear our words they need to hear oh God is good God is wonderful I know you're going through a difficult time but let me let you hear about my God he is faithful he is good his steadfast love endures forever and that type of message is what leads people to say oh I need Jesus they were cut to the heart and came to the cross this morning as the choir comes can I just invite you today no matter what you're going through this morning no matter what you're dealing with today that you and I, out of us, would flow a language of love to Jesus that says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus, today. Praise you, Jesus, today. And I encourage you this morning to use your words and declare it. Speak it out loud. Oh, God, you are wonderful. How good you are, Jesus. How great you are, God. Lord, it's been a rough week, but you are still good. Praise the Lord, oh you people. Praise the Lord, all of creation. Oh God, we thank you today and we praise you, Lord. God, we praise you today. We know, Father, that if we didn't praise you, Lord, that even the rocks would cry out in our place because, God, you are worthy and deserving of the glory. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you today in your own way this morning. Would you just tell him how good he is to you, how wonderful he is to you. Just speak love to him this morning. Jesus, we love you. We take delight in you.